from the dream makers at Disney. An exciting new theme park is coming to Southern California. Located right next door to Disneyland Park. Celebrating all the fun and adventure of California. Introducing Disney's California Adventure. A brand new Disney park. Hello everyone, this is episode 6 of the Parks Academy, where we discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. We focus mainly on Disney parks and resorts in both Anaheim and Orlando. My name is Paige. My name is Steven. And today we are continuing our mini-series about our ideal day in each park by heading over to the West Coast. Today we are going to be kicking things off in Disney's California Adventure Park. This park is great and I am so excited that we are finally moving over to California to discuss some of the parks out there. Um, as I've said before, California is my uh, home state where I grew up, so I identify with you know Disneyland and DCA being um, you know my home parks, and really they to me are like the nostalgia factor of what is Disney about Disney. So as usual, what we're going to go ahead and do is talk about attractions, entertainment, dining, and then just random things to do. And let me tell you, there is a plethora of all four in these park, in this park. So we are really excited to jump into it. And I think I'm going to let Paige just kick things off with attractions. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, so a lot of these attractions that I'm going to mention for DCA, we have mentioned before, either in our first episode and our comparison episode, um, where we talked about the same rides that are featured in both Florida and California. But we also have mentioned some of these rides in either Hollywood Studios or Magic Kingdom um, or Epcot, where they have some of the same rides found in those parks. And just as a quick precursor, we have not been there since they opened up Avengers Campus. So this episode is going to be Avengers Campus free. We just don't have anything to say about it because we haven't been there yet. So if we're skipping over stuff like Web Slinger, um, you know, and all the stuff over there. All of the just, new dining. Yeah, it's just because we haven't done it yet. Right. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. So the last time we went was January of 2020, just a few weeks before the pandemic really took off. Um, so that was the last time we were there. And so one of the rides that I absolutely have to do when I'm in DCA is Soren. Now, we've mentioned this ride before, and in DCA, it has actually been Soren around the world for a handful of years now, the same as in Epcot. But according to Disney's website, um, it is currently down under construction. So from March 4th to April 26th, 2022, Soarin' Around the World is actually going to be unavailable because they're bringing back Soarin' Over California. So I know that Steven is super excited they're bringing that one back. Yeah, they. this should have been the way that it that that it is i mean it to me soaring over soaring over california is the idealized version of that ride um i i didn't realize that um well i mean i yeah i've been on the uh i've, I've been on soaring around the world a handful of times and it's cool and i really like it but something about soaring over california to me just feels like it just feels right um and just being able to go across you know, the California coast and the Golden Gate Bridge over Napa Valley and the hot air balloons into Yosemite Valley, um, especially in California. It's, that's the way I think it should be. So I, I honestly cannot wait to get on that again. Well, and I think 
I'm most excited about this coming back to DCA because the other areas of DCA, with the exception of like cars and Avengers Campus, the other lands in DCA are all sort of different aspects of California. So it fits that theme where you have like the San Francisco Bay Area with the Pacific Wharf, and then you have the Hollywood area. I mean, you have the Pixar Pier, which to me is very reminiscent of some of the boardwalks you'd find. It's kind of like a Santa Monica feel. Right, either Santa Monica or Santa Cruz, like Mm -hmm. those kinds of vibes. So I think that the Soarin' Over California, bringing that back and really tying in the let's give you an entire tour of the whole coast of California in one park. I think that's really going to be special for people, especially tourists who are visiting. Could you imagine Soarin' Over Florida? Would there be like alligators jumping out of you? I mean, I guess panhandles and alligators. Yeah. So Miami, crazy, <laughs> crazy times and alligators probably. Yeah. So Soren, I'm I'm with you on that one. I I love Soren uh, in DCA because uh, the the show building, the queue, it's it's great. So I'm I'm a hundred percent with you on that one. Yeah, so the the next one that I absolutely say that I have to do is, and we've mentioned this one before, Radiator Springs Racers. That's on my list as well, yeah. And this one, again, is basically test track if you've been to Walt Disney World. Um, just imagine a car's overlay. So when you come up around the corner and you're kind of doing the how fast can you go around the bend, it's like you're almost running into Mac instead of you know, just a random crash on the corner there. Yeah. Um, so it's just cars themed version of test. Track. It's great. And and unlike test track, you board outside and then you go around through um, radiator Springs. Um, and uh, there's like waterfalls and really beautiful music that matches the feel of the ride. To me, uh, cars land can do no wrong. It is such a great spot. Right. And cars land at night. is even more beautiful. So, um, this ride, excellent theming. Disney Imagineers did an incredible job building up this whole area, even with the dining and all of um, the theming in the entire Cars Land. But Radiator Springs Racers is an A-plus ride in my book. Yeah, totally. Uh, I love kind of sticking in that area. This ride's kind of weird and goofy, but Luigi's uh, Rollickin' Roadsters is a lot of fun. It has the same feel as any kind of trackless ride system where you're just kind of uh, haphazardly riding around on the, uh, on the ground and, and kind of just sort of the cars just dancing around. But at a few points in the ride, the cars synchronize so perfectly in a line and do this little dance together. <laughs> and then they spin. I cannot tell you how much joy this brings me. Um, it's a lot of fun. It is a absolutely goofy ride, but it's like, you know, Italian music blasting, Luigi and uh, Guido just like doing their thing. And uh, it's a it's a really, really good ride. I have to say, I've never seen Steven laugh or I should say giggle Mm. like I've seen him laugh on any other ride in any amusement park we've ever been to. To me, it mostly was just waiting in line and seeing all these cars synchronize um, was just brilliant. So I don't need to to linger on that one too long, but uh, it's a good one. Uh, For me, a lot of the good rides, uh, I mean, they're all great rides, but a lot of the great rides to me are in Pixar Pier, previously known as Paradise Pier. And I love the Incredicoaster. That that is a ride to me where I I have to go on it 
um, every single time I'm at the park. Uh, when it was California Screamin', I that was one of the first kind of big roller coasters I ever rode as a kid. Um, and I loved it and I loved the theming of it and the music and everything. So I was a little bit hesitant about what they were going to do with it under Incredicoasters. I was like, oh man, they're just going to ruin it, <laughs> you know? Uh, but they didn't, I don't think. And it's, it's really well done. It's a lot of fun. Um, still to me, one of the smoothest, uh, best roller coasters out there. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Sorry, that was rough. I'm so sorry. That was unintentional. That was unintentional. I'm going to just going to, you want to say something about it or can I I just, because the reason that I want to say something is, um, I've mentioned this with other rides like rock and roller coaster. Um, I am not a fan of those quick takeoffs, but this ride, um, I thought, wow, there's a lot of little kids riding this. I think I can manage. And there's only the one loop, right? Yeah. Just around mm-hmm. the little Pixar Pier sign. Yeah. So other than the very beginning, this ride is actually pretty mild, I would say. And it's not, not it's, thrilling. It's really fast. Yeah. It just doesn't have a bunch of like loops and twists and corkscrews. So right. once you get going from that initial takeoff, it's like a smooth, fast ride. Yeah. So it's... It's thrilling in that way, but it's not so scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one, I was too scared to do it the first time I went to DCA. Last time we went to DCA, I worked up the nerve yeah. to do you it. Loved and it. I loved it. Yep. I actually wanted to do it again. Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted to say that for those of you who are a little nervous about the takeoff, imagine like a classic wooden roller coaster at like a, a pier and then make it as smooth as you could possibly yeah. make it with the theming capabilities of Disney Imagineers. And then you have the Incredicoaster. Yeah. Um, when uh, California Adventure opened up in 2001, I went a year later with my family for the first time. And uh, if anyone recalls, the the center of the loop was actually the head of Mickey Mouse. And then there was the two ears on the side of it. And when I was younger, I really didn't want to go on it because I was convinced that somehow you did three loops in a row, one through the head and then two through the ears. So I really didn't want to go on it. And then having one loop didn't really make it much better, but I did it and uh, it was a blast. So great ride there. That whole area is good. But another, okay, so if we're talking about scary rides, the scariest ride, in my opinion, in any Disney park is Pixar's Palette Round. That ride bum, bum, bum. freaks me out. It is the big uh, Ferris wheel with Mickey Mouse's face on it. And the swinging and non-swinging options are what you can choose. The uh, swinging options are always longer because everyone wants to go on them. And um, they are, to me, that is so scary. I do not mind heights if I'm going fast and I just like kind of you know kiss the top and then go right down. But when you're up there and you're just swinging and... Um, stuck and you go around a couple times that's super unnerving to me but i have to go on it every time anyway because it's very cool you get a perfect view of the parks you can see every icon in disneyland Mm -hmm. um i mean yeah gosh you can see like highway five from being up there so well and the ferris wheel sort of the staple of dca i would say Mm -hmm. plus i love ferris wheel so i know that you do that for me but we've not yet been on the swinging one the ones that move i've done it before 
but together we yeah together we have it um but it's a lot of fun and uh i mean it's like you you are completely closed in picture it's basically it's it's really basically the exact same uh system mechanics uh functionally as the skyliner Mm -hmm. you're in there you're completely shut in nothing bad's gonna happen to you but it still freaks me out when i'm on there um, nonetheless, but whenever I go on, I'm like, oh yeah, that was great. I don't know what I was afraid of. <laughs> I think part of it too is you're right above that little lake there. Yeah. So you're looking down at the water and it's, mm-hmm. that can be a little unnerving, especially if you're afraid of heights and you're just staring down yeah. at the water below you. Yeah. Um, so anyways, it's great. And again, it is a staple. Um, there's so much to talk about, I think with, you know, Pixar Pier and, and the entire aesthetic of DCA. But if we're, we are, you know, continuing on with, um, attractions there i also i'm gonna give a quick little plug to toy story mania i love that, that ride my last one okay yep, that's well the other one i had we spoke about it for hollywood studios so i'm not gonna linger on that one too much but what i am gonna talk about is tower of terror um also known at this point as guardians of the galaxy mission breakout mm-hmm. i almost said cosmic rewind but i'm getting my guardians mixed up mm-hmm. um this one's so fun There are a ton of Easter eggs in the queue. Uh, There's an amazing rocket animatronic. And it's basically Tower of Terror, but whimsical and fun with blasting 80s music. We've talked about this one before, too, I think. But Mm. I love that one. Um, And then I'm going to say the final attraction that I feel like I have to go on when I'm there is uh, Grizzly River Run. But here's the catch. I haven't been on it in over a decade. Because I don't. I don't want to get wet. Right. <laughs> and I don't really go in opportune times when I can get wet. Mm-hmm. So I love that attraction a lot, but I never seem to go when it's an appropriate time to ride it. Right. It's like Kali River Rapids in Animal Kingdom. Yeah. It's like, when are you going to do it in your day where it's okay to kind of be soaking wet? Mm-hmm. Do you have time to dry off before you do the next thing? Or do you just want to kind of be like soggy for a little? I would do that ride if I was staying in the um, the Grand Californian Hotel. And then you could just go change real quick. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we've never stayed there because it's out of our price range. Just so um, At the moment, you know, maybe one day we'll save up for it. But I would love to stay there. Um, you know, that to me would be part of the whole experience. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, the, Grand, uh, the, uh, the, the Grand California Hotel... Am I saying it the wrong? Grand Californian. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, that that hotel has an entrance to the side that lets you directly into um, DCA. So you're basically able to start your day by walking directly into the park and starting to leave, go through the regular gates. It's like its own little private entrance for hotel guests. It, the lobby's gorgeous and it's, it's great. So if I were staying there, wouldn't we stay there, which I think we should at some point, I'll definitely ride... Uh, ride the uh the rapids there you go that'd be really fun yeah there's i mean there's definitely a lot of other attraction attractions there are there any else that you can think of that are worth mentioning i mean those are the big attractions for me the only other quote-unquote attractions that i have are actually more like entertainment so unless you have any more attractions um no yeah uh you know, I think the only last one that I would say, and I, I can just sort of um, just tap on this one quickly, is I think Goofy's Sky School is a lot of fun. It is um, a fun little starter coaster. Yeah, and it's one of those ones that just kills your back because of all the tight, quick turns. And right. there's not a ride like that in any Disney properties. So this is like a true 
uh, boardwalk feeling, you know, carnival roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of fun. The story's fun. Again, you know, it's not like the most thrilling thing. But one of the things that you have to understand about DCA is that it is, from a footprint standpoint, one of the smaller parks. So when I say that you could probably, if you dedicate yourself, you could probably ride everything in one day there. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. Oh, we definitely did everything. And yeah. we, well, we didn't ride some of the, what you would consider kitty rides, but right. we had time to go back and ride some of the thrill rides again. Mm-hmm. So if we had wanted to ride the kitty rides, we would have been able to. Yeah. I mean, at this point, if you get there at a early in the day and you do web slingers and um, mission breakout first, mm-hmm. Usually, Incredicoaster doesn't have that long of a wait, and you can pretty much get through it pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you could you could probably ride everything in one day, you know, all things considered. So, um, is the Sky School is that one like the Wild Mouse? From yeah. Hershey? Okay, mm-hmm. I I was envisioning what I thought was the ride, and I was like, am I mixing it up? So, yeah. if you've been to Hershey Park in Pennsylvania, um, it's sort of like the Wild Mouse ride. Where you're in that smaller little vehicle and you're whipping around the corners and you kind of wind back down. Or if you've ever played that board game, what's it called? Mousetrap? Something like that. I don't, yeah. It's, yeah. It's sort of like that, but roller coaster version. Right. So I think before we move on to entertainment, the last thing that I'll say is that one of the things that I really appreciate about, um, about California Adventure is that it is so appropriate for kids and adults alike. Um, it is, you know, I think of a, I think of a park kind of like uh, Hollywood Studios, who definitely with Toy Story Land has gotten better at rides for kids. They weren't really as kid friendly, and you know, DCA is is so much more kid friendly, um, especially with like Pixar Pier and Cars Land. Um, but you still, you can go there as an adult, and they like, it's just a place where it feels welcoming to everybody. Yeah, I actually hot take. I actually like DCA better than Disneyland, but again. Um, Magic Kingdom is my least favorite of the Disney World parks. So that's saying a lot because I love them all. It's not like I'm saying I don't like Magic Kingdom or Disneyland. It's just to me, I would, those would be the ones I would skip if I could only do, you know, a handful of days of the park and I couldn't go to all of them. So I would rather go to DCA. I feel like it is family friendly, but also Mm -hmm. adults can have a lot of fun there. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like saying which kid is your favorite. It's too hard. Yeah. So let's, let's bop on over to entertainment, shall we? All right. Do you want to kick us off with entertainment? Cause I started with attractions. I do. Yes. Um, okay. So there's two things for entertainment that I will say, um, I have a big one and I think we're both going to have it on our list because if you think of entertainment and DCA, there's kind of only one thing that comes to mind, but I'm going to start with, um, a couple of little small things that I think are really, really fun. The first one is going to be um, the trolley shows that happen in the middle of the day. They're like these, they're almost like little parades, but they're very miniaturized. And um, it's basically like a Mickey Mouse is a is like a, a, a newsboy or, you know, he's got like his little newsy cap and uh, he's riding on a trolley. And it has this, this very... Uh, very early days Hollywood vibe to it Mm -hmm. of when Walt would have first gone to Hollywood um, to start his, um, his animation studio. Mm -hmm. So there's these shows that happen periodically and it's right on, um, it's right on uh, uh, Buena Vista street. 
<clears throat> and so it's kind of near this this really cute little partner statue with young Walt um, standing up with all of his suitcases and Mickey standing on it. Um, it's kind of like this younger, small cartoon. Um, and to me, that's such a fun little aspect of the entertainment that I, I really like. And if I see it, I'll definitely stop and watch it for a while because it's so fun. Yeah. And, you know, those kind of pop-up entertainment things are always the best when you're walking around the park and you're not expecting to see some live entertainment um, it just kind of makes you kind of sit and and enjoy um, for what you see. So some of the other um, entertainment type or even I think they might even be considered attractions. My top thing that we discovered last time we were there in 2020, that is the Animation Academy. Now, if you have never done the Animation Academy, this was such a gem that we found you sit in this large auditorium and there's um sort of like a teacher at the bottom like you're in a college classroom and everyone gets a piece of paper and a pencil with you know animation academy written on the paper and they go through step by step teaching you how to draw a disney character now we got to draw stitch and we got to draw tigger last time we went because we did this twice and I was so surprised at my artistic skills. I am not creative at all, guys. Like, not artistic. I'm very much of a logic person, math, science brain. If you asked me to draw something freehand, I would not even know where to start. But they walk you through step by step and give you these tips and tricks on how to become an animator. And I was so overwhelmed with joy like this brought me so much joy that I was not even expecting that I was like Steven we have to go back and do that again like I just want to sit down in the AC and try my hand at another character it was so fun so I thought that was such a rare little find um, and I, I loved it so much I would go back every time yeah I actually had the um I actually had the Animation Academy kind of under my things to do list, but um, it is its own little source of entertainment. I'm with you on that. And one of my favorite things about that area is um, when you first walk in, there is a entire room with uh, projections all over the walls that are projecting key moments in various Disney films. Mm -hmm. And it is such a spectacular place. There are people sitting on the floors. There are couches. Um, kind of all throughout pressed up against the walls and there is all of these gorgeous colors um, that coincide with the storyline and with the imagery from whatever you're watching and I, I just I love it in there you're right I mean animation academy is great I stunk at it because no, yours it was cute. <laughs> mine were like yours were like miniature versions mine were so small uh, my stitch was like the size small. of an M&M <laughs> wasn't that small but you write small you draw things smaller that's just you know that's just how you draw and write yeah it's just kind of how i am but um no it's a great space i love it in there it's really cool so if you get a chance uh to go there definitely do it um it's really cool it's right in hollywood land and uh, I, I really like it in there too one of the other things i really like as far as entertainment is concerned is in cars land Paige had mentioned how great Cars Land is at night, and that was one of my big entertainment things. But you know, she can be forgiven for uh, for jumping all over one of my one of my topics. But um, it's great. Uh, periodically, Lightning McQueen or Mater will come out 
um, and just sort of like take over the roads. There will be, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of them, um, but the cars that are like NOS cars that wake up Mac on the movie and are like messing with him and stuff when he's falling asleep on the road. Um, they go out there during night and they're lit up in neons, so like the orange, purple, and green car. Haven't we seen Sally too? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She came out last time. Mm-hmm. So it's really fun. And I mean, Radiators, um, Cars Land is exactly what you think it would look like. I mean, it is like a spitting image of what Radiator Springs should be and what yeah. it is. Um, and at night, I mean, it is like, Everything lights up in neon, just like in the film, and the music is playing like in the film. It is, it is so amazing. And they have there. Flo's Cafe and the Cozy Cone yep. Motel. Like you feel like you're immersed in the movie. It is so so amazing. And then at the very end, they have the statue of Stan. Uh, I mean, it's just it's it's unbelievable there at night. And so for me, like that is entertainment too. I love when the cars come out and are revving their engines. Um, it's so fun for me. It's so fun to see kids like freak out and their eyes yeah. light up when they see the cars and go running toward them to go see them and get their mm-hmm. photo. And Mater will talk to them and interact and stuff. So um, yeah, I love that area at night. Great entertainment value there. Mm-hmm. Even if you just grab something from. Uh, flows or the cozy cone or whatever and just have a seat and sit Mm -hmm. great well worth the cost of admission in my opinion absolutely the last entertainment thing i have because i'm gonna let you take the big one oh you are yeah oh thanks that's nice of you um and i mentioned this one before as well because this one is also in magic kingdom and that's just disney's philhar magic so again it's um an immersive show where Donald is flying through the different Disney films. The music is playing. It's so much fun, fun for families sitting down in an air conditioned room to kind of take a break. And it's such an enjoyable little show. So lots of entertainment value in that as well. And I'm going to let Steven take the big one. Yeah. Interesting thing about, uh, uh, Mickey's PhilharMagic is that that actually took over from Muppet vision 3d. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's where Muppet vision 3d used to be. So they got the boot. Um, well, no offense, but PhilharMagic's way better. Well, yeah, and I mean, having like Marvel and the Muppets in a Disney park, like pick a lane. <laughs> okay, so the the, the big entertainment, the, the yeah, the big one that everyone flocks to, and I would recommend getting there at least an hour and a half early if you want a good spot. Um, that would be the World of Color. Uh, so. This this production has not changed in over, I think, 15 years, except for like holiday renditions and stuff. But the world of color is right on the water, looking directly into Pixar Pier. And if you have seen this show, you know exactly how phenomenal it is. The entire waterfront transforms before your eyes. It is... In my opinion, and I might be wrong about this, but I, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that too many people would argue that strongly, that this is maybe the best nighttime show that any Disney park has to offer. It is, it is so, it is, gosh, I mean, I just feel like I'm almost at a loss for words for it. It is so majestic almost in the way that it is. Um, there, the water kind of comes up and and fans out and the projections are on the water there's fire 
the Ferris wheels involved, like the colors on the Ferris wheel, the neon lights all interact with it. Um, the Incredicoaster is involved in some ways with projections. There's lasers, and it, it basically just seamlessly goes from um, one Disney film to the next, to the next, to the next, with a couple of montages. It includes bits from Fantasia, um, Pirates of the Caribbean with tons of fire effects, um, really cool Buzz Lightyear stuff with Zerg that you wouldn't really expect to be in there, and then a extremely cute little love scene um, that all that page mentioned. But yeah, World of Color is so amazing. I mean, it it is probably my favorite nighttime spectacular at any park. So you were close in saying it hasn't changed in 15 years because it opened originally in 2010. Okay, so 12 years. So it's been around for 12 years and it's been the same, like you said, other yeah. than holidays. I was close. Um, couple and years I off. only say that because it's currently under refurbishment and they are planning to reopen it on April 22nd. So just coming up in a few weeks here, it'll be reopening if you're planning a trip to... DCA anytime soon um but the scene that Stephen was alluding to earlier with the love scene my favorite scene from I think any Disney movie and probably one of my favorite movie scenes of all times is the scene in Enchanted at the end when they are at the ball and the song so close is playing um and they're dancing and they play this song during World of Color, and I legitimately started crying the first time I heard it because Stephen didn't tell me that song was in it, and he knew how much I loved that song. Um, and so I just thought, how perfect that they're using this song on this beautiful um, sequence about love stories. So uh, there's so much that World of Color has to offer. Um, it's a fairly long running show, isn't it? How long is it? Like 20 some minutes, right? Yeah, it, it's pretty long. Um, that's for sure. One of the things that's funny is that you got bonkers ripped off the first time you saw it because your first time in, in uh, Disneyland was Christmas. Yeah. So and so you saw the, the season of light, um, world of color and it looks like it's changed a little bit and they have some more like current stuff in there. Um, like Frozen and Inside Out and things like that. But um, there was a, there was like an overwhelming amount of prep and landing. And the one we saw. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and I was like, what? No one, I mean, I'm sure there's, you're out there. So just plug your ears if you don't be offended. But like, no one likes prep and landing. I don't think. At I mean, least, maybe at some least, people like prep and at landing. least no one likes prep and landing enough to where they're like, oh, score. It's it's one of the you know main marquees in a nighttime spectacular. Right. Like, let's use like, let's be, five minutes of prep and landing content in a 20 minute show. It was it was super rough. So I kept I think I kept looking over you and be like, I'm sorry, this isn't how it typically goes. You kept goes. apologizing. I was like, yeah. it's totally fine. It's a Disney show. I'm <laughs> loving it. But I'm like, on behalf of everyone at the Walt Disney Corporation, this sucks. And I'm so sorry you have to see this. <laughs> But in January, there was redemption, and uh, I think you, I mean... I got to see the original. Yeah, plus fantastic. my two favorite aspects of it I mentioned are the, um, it's almost like the beginning of, no no spoilers, but describing it doesn't do it any kind of justice. Right, so, you have to see this live um, in person. But it's it's a it's almost like a recreation of Toy Story 2, the beginning, when, when Buzz Lightyear's on his home planet fighting Zerg. Or whatever planet he's on, fighting Zerg. That I mean, and that is so cool. Then the Pirates of the of the Caribbean 
um, Ooh, version. Yes. It's just the music and like Jack Sparrow's voice. But the fire effects are so wild that you feel them on your face. And it's like oh, out of nowhere sure. because throughout the show you have mist on your face from all the water changing and going up and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there's just this insane amount of fire shooting up in the air and the whole park turns orange mm-hmm. and you like feel the heat. Mm-hmm. So It's fantastic. Yeah. World of Color is amazing. Um, bottlenecking your way out of there is really hard. But coming from me who said, like, you can actually skip fireworks shows at Magic Kingdom, uh, do not skip World of Color if you have the chance to do it. Yeah, I would say this is one of the best nighttime shows Disney does. So yeah. you've seen fireworks shows on the 4th of July. Imagine mm-hmm. that over the castle. If it's your first time to Disney World, we're not suggesting that you skip the fireworks. You know, it's still a special thing. Families love it. Kids love it. Adults love it. I'm suggesting that. But if you've seen it before... You may be able to kind of get on some of these other rides that get more popular. With World of Color, we feel like, in our personal opinion, this is a must-do when you go to DCA. Yeah, and it's a lot easier to see now than it used to be because before you had to actually um, get there really early and go get a fast pass to go see it. And then they would assign you to some sort of section in the area so you can watch it. Um, Fast pass, good times. Oh, man, great times. Alrighty, let us... Walk over to dining. And um, I guess I'll... No, you start with this one, huh? Yeah, you know where I'm headed. I don't. I'm heading back to Pixar Pier. Yes, Because I I am getting my favorite Disney snack in any of the parks. And that is the Jack-Jack Cookie Num-Num. If you have not seen or heard of the Jack-Jack Cookie Num-Num, imagine the largest chocolate chip cookie you've ever seen in your life. Sort of more like those cookie cakes that some people have for their birthday, but really thick um, and in sort of like a giant cupcake holder. And that is a Jack Jack Cookie Num Num. We actually posted a photo on our Instagram page if you follow us. Um, You can check that out. But this is a snack that they have in Hollywood Studios and Walt Disney World and in DCA. And... Without a doubt, this is my go-to. I don't even need to eat lunch if I have one of these cookies. It is so filling um, and so delicious. The chocolate chips like perfectly melt every time you get one. And so it's like a nice warm cookie. Recommend highly if you're a cookie person. (laughs) This is the second show in a row that you've gone on about cookies. I told you I'm a cookie person. Yeah, that's awesome. And I try to be very conscious not to go overboard talking about my love of cookies in general. And I was trying to be very specific about this particular cookie. Yeah, so. no, you you love that one. Okay, I do. would you? So this is a this is a little uh, peek behind the curtain of our bonus show that was for like a Patreon subscribers only. But would you rather have a Jack Jack Cookie Num Num or a Gideon's Cookie? I'm going to have to go with the Jack-Jack Cookie Num-Num. Okay. That was my original go-to, and the Gideon's cookies can be a little more thick. Um, it's sort of more like a cake-like texture sometimes. It's so heavy and dense. So I'd have to go with the Jack-Jack Cookie Num-Num over Gideon's. Okay. Good enough. Uh, there's a lot of places that are really great to eat in um, DCA, and I think that one of my favorite spots is the Lamplight Lounge. This is a new little place that opened up um, right in Pixar Pier, and it is such a cool little spot. It is, um, it, it's completely Pixar based. But what's fun about it is it's based on you know almost like Pixar the animation studio, and not just the movies. Um, it is overlooking the water. 
so you're overlooking Pixar Pier, and uh, there's also seating inside and stuff. But it's basically dedicated to the Luxo lamp um, from one of their original shorts, uh, and the food is like, it is painfully California, their food is. I'm going to read off a couple of the things on their menu just to give you an idea of how over-the-top California um, this fare is. So you have a brunch burger, of course, avocado toast, a brunch quesadilla. Um, Yeah, so like those already are just like, whoa, those are really big California things. But one thing you might like about this is they have a... um, They have a non-alcoholic cocktail called Goofball Island with fruit punch, (gasps) lemonade. Yeah, with fruit punch, lemonade, and raspberry puree. I love Inside Out. Yeah, and Goofball Island, such a fun little thing. We love to Um, to talk about Goofball Island. I'm going to just give a, a quick little... A quick little mention of this, but if there's one, th- if you know much about Pixar Animation Studios and you've paid attention, you know, over the years or decades at this point to sort of how they operate, they're, they're such a fun, there's such a fun culture in there typically uh, where people, and this was like before the, before like the Silicon Valley boom of people like um, working in eggshells or whatever they do. But Pixar kind of started off with this culture of people just riding scooters around their office. Everything was fun. Um, they had like a, they still have, I guess, like a cereal bar where you can just go and get cereal and eat it when you're working. Um, but one of the things they're notorious for is a secret room that they have um, in their studio where you have to actually get on your hands and knees and crawl through a little door to get into this secret little lounge room. And um, the Lamplight Lounge incorporated something similar to that. It's called the office and there's a secret door that you can get into it and you actually have to know how to do it. There's like a combination to get in. So that's really cool. Um, and if you are able to definitely check it out cause it's like this little secret spot in the lamplight lounge. That's a lot of fun kind of sticking similar, uh, sticking kind of similarly over to, uh, Pixar Pier, I have to say that Angry Dogs is really, really good, too. Um, Angry Dogs is based off of anger from Inside Out, and um, I love, 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 love a good hot dog. Um, so it's uh, that that's, like, my kind of place. Um, they'll give you a dog that is served with Flaming Hot Cheetos. Um, you can put on it, and it's just fun. I mean, it's just kind of a fun little neat place. It's a really cute little stand, but I'm not a hot dog person, so take Steven's word for it if you like hot dogs. Yeah. What else you got, dining-wise? The only other place that I really feel like I have to recommend to people in DCA is going to be in Pacific Wharf, and this area, like I said earlier, is sort of based off of the San Francisco Bay Area You've got vibes of Monterey. You've got vibes of San Francisco. Um, And so the place that I like to go there is um, the Pacific Wharf Cafe. Now, this is somewhere that if you like sourdough, San Francisco is known for their sourdough. You can get a bread bowl. You can get mac and cheese in a bread bowl. They have fantastic salads, um, all kinds of, you know, soups, chowder kind of stuff in the bread bowls as well. So this is a really nice little hearty meal. 
in DCA that's going to make you feel like you just stepped out of Southern California and took a trip up the coast to San Francisco, which is really nostalgic, I know, for Stephen, but also for me from the time that we lived there and the times that I visited him when we were dating and when we were engaged. Yeah, I love that area. Um, when we go there, though, we, we typically part, rate, part ways. Uh, I really like to go to the Cochina Cucamonga Mexican Grill, and it's like right next door. Um, it's it's really good, and they have a um, quesa burria, and uh, it's like a quesa burrito taco, um, and it's it's to die for. So I love that place. They've got really good food. Their apa store is really good. It's not like the best Mexican food you're gonna eat, but it's still great right it's not so authentic but it's still really good yeah so i really like it there uh great great little spot and the final place that i'm going to mention that i really like and Paige and i have made it a um sort of a tradition to go there for dinner is the wine country trattoria uh so this feels almost like a little bit of a cop-out for for me because it is based (laughs) off of a napa valley restaurant so it's like fresh wine um, seasonal food and almost like an idyllic kind of Mediterranean garden setting. But I grew up quite literally in Napa Valley, like not on the outskirts of the county, but like right in the heart of it. So going here is like, oh yeah, great. This is basically what I could get visiting my parents at home. But it's still really good. And I like sitting out on the patio because you can enjoy a nice glass of wine, mm-hmm. get really good Italian food, and just sort of be right in the heart of um, of a Disney park mm-hmm. while also eating great, you know, cuisine that that is just, uh, I don't know, reminds me kind of of home in a way, except not. Yeah, I mean, I, I love getting the chicken parm here. They also have, you know, spaghetti meatballs or um, fettuccine, um, lasagna, those kinds of traditional Italian meals. But this is a nice place that feels a little more upscale, feels a little fancier, but you're not paying that super crazy price it it just is sort of like a higher end um disney cat fast casual um it's sit down dining now it is sit down dining but it doesn't feel like you are in a white tablecloth restaurant yeah i think part of that is because we sat outside yes but um one of the funny things that i i need to note about it is that when we sat outside there the last time uh the the a lot of uh the uh, uh, the Bugs Life land was still there. So we were overlooking, you know, like all the Bugs Life stuff, um, the entrance to It's Tough to Be a Bug, which has all been, you know, stepped on and is gone, mm-hmm. which is honestly a shame because that area was so clever and fun. And so now it's like you're enjoying this nice Italian meal with maybe a nice glass of wine overlooking Avengers Campus. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got a different sort of visual aspect of right. when you're enjoying your food. But still, I mean... I guess Spider-Man and chicken parm is, you know, you la, 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 kind of goes together. And maybe together. I didn't really mean fast casual as much as I meant, like, <clears throat> mm, fancier than a chain restaurant, but not fine dining where I feel like I'm spending so much money. Yeah, it's not like Somewhere you're going, it's not like you're going to be going to California Grill up in the contemporary. Right. It's not, it's not going to run you, bleed you dry financially. Right, but you're probably um, going to spend $25 or so on your meal, so... Prepare to spend a little bit more money here, but not like crazy, crazy prices. Yeah. The last thing that I'm going to say about food in um, in DCA is that there is also a Ghirardelli 
there as well. And I got I got to say, I mean, the 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 wharf area that is reminiscent of San Francisco um, with, you know, the sourdough bread and the Ghirardelli and in there as well. Um, there used to be a tortilla factory where you could just walk in and get fresh tortillas off a conveyor belt. Just it was it was basically like an all you care to enjoy situation. But the Ghirardelli there is a lot of fun. Um, whenever I'm in a Disney park that has a Ghirardelli, I need to go. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that I had a lot when we were living in California and we'd be in San Francisco a lot. I was out there for work, um, sometimes once a week. So whenever I could stop by there, I would, but now I don't get it hardly at all. So whenever I go to Disney park, I got to pop in and get myself a, uh, Ghirardelli and a waffle, waffle cone. So good. So good. Every time. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. That is probably all of dining. Mm-hmm. I think I can't. There's a lot of fun things happening over at like Pim's Test Kitchen. Right. But I can't speak to it again because I've never tried it. Right. We haven't been over to Avengers Campus. Um, so stay tuned. It all looks ridiculous. Go. Like that big giant chicken sandwich. I really want to try that on a mm-hmm. tiny bun. But, you know, again, can't really speak to how it tastes, but I can speak to the fact that it looks really cool and right. I really want to check it out. Yep. So let's wrap things up with things to do. Now, I was going to talk about Animation Academy with things to do, but alas, I cannot do that any longer. Mm-hmm. So what I will do is talk about Sorcerer's Workshop, which is in the exact same building. Go for it. Okay, so Sorcerer's Workshop is really fun. It's uh, down in like the sub-level of Animation Academy. And you you start in with... Um, there's all these different kind of spaces in there that have to do with uh, villains from films. Mm-hmm. So you have... Um, Boy, I am. So what's here's what's funny, right? At this very moment in time, I'm remembering the part of it that's closed down, which is Ursula's Grotto. And you used to be able to go in there, and they would film you while you were singing, and then like you would do sing-alongs with, um, you know, like like voiceovers with different Disney cartoons. The one that really sticks out to me is Bear Necessities, mm-hmm. and she would like do this whole performance on the screen of taking your voice and stuff. Um, but that's like shut down for some reason, but another cool little area in there is you get to go in the beast castle. I love that part. Yeah. And it's this little room with in, okay. Keep in mind in 2001, this felt like groundbreaking technology where this little screen would come to life in these books and Lumiere would speak to you and you would pick all these traits about yourself. Like, would you rather kind of stuff? And then they pick a Disney character that you are when we were there last time, Boy, does that feel slow as molasses to do that process. Yeah, it seemed like the technology was really outdated. Like, fam, get me an iPad and let's not mess with this book. But <laughs> Well, it could have been 20 <laughs> years old. Yeah, exactly. But um, it's really great down there. And uh, the little Beast Castle area is fun. Um, every couple of minutes, uh, a thunder and lightning storm happens. And then his portrait on the wall changes from the pretty portrait to uh, his claws running through it. And it gets mm-hmm. all dark and gloomy in there. So it's, it's a lot of fun in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like spend, I could spend a lot of time in there. And when it's hot, you can duck in there and just have a really nice day. Yep. It's really nice. It's really nice. Um, one of the things that I had down for things to do is just spend some time in Pixar Pier. And so we've kind of talked about a lot of the attractions and dining and entertainment and stuff over in Pixar Pier, but even just playing some of the arcade games, like we played one of the arcade games and I won a little stuffed wall. Yeah, it was, um, the game was, 
it was one of those ones where you have to shoot water and yes. have the horses race, but it was bullseye. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah. that was really fun, and I won a little stuffed Wally. That was really yeah, cool. Yeah, was um, so cool. I like spending time in that area. But also, um, and we'll do you know more episodes in the future about different events and festivals and things. But last time we went, we mentioned we were there in January, so we were there for the Lunar New Year celebration. And in terms of things to do, I mean – there were so many things to do just specifically during that festival, treats and entertainment and merch and meet and greets and mm-hmm. um, different activities where you could write down your wishes for the coming year. So we'll talk about that in a later episode to give more specifics yeah. about that particular festival and celebration. But even, you know, DCA, um, like some of the other parks has fantastic festivals and things um where there's theming for different holidays so that was really really fun um and then the last thing and i'll let you talk a little bit more about this one is the pacific wharf bridge because i think this is such yeah, a cool little, little bit i think this is such a cool little thing that most people might not even notice and unless you've heard about it or unless a cast member tells you so in the Pacific Wharf, uh, there is a bridge that connects you directly to um, close to like Paradise Gardens Park, kind of heading toward that way in the amphitheater area. And um, when you're standing on that bridge, it actually simulates a very small earthquake. So it, it's it's it has a it has a, a vibrating frequency, and like Paige said, you wouldn't really know it if you're just walking across, because I guess your anticipation and understanding would be that everyone walking across it at the same time would create any kind of reverberation that you would feel. But when you stop and, and sit with it for a minute, it's like, whoa, this is actually doing something interesting. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's it's cool. It's definitely a really cool experience. I just think it's so unique to like, I mean, California, you know, is notoriously known for earthquakes. And for those of us who didn't grow up with earthquakes, you always think it's these big, scary things. But there's just this subtle little rumbling Um it on the bridge that you don't even realize it unless you stop and feel it. So it just kind of shows you that like, yeah, there can be these little tiny small earthquakes you'd experience. And yeah. it's really immersing you in the earthquake experience, even in DCA. Totally. And if you're lucky, maybe you'll feel a giant earthquake there one day. That's uh, courtesy of the earth. That does not sound fun. <laughs> I just really would sincerely hope not to be on Pixar's pal around for that one. Yeah, no, thank um, you. Another really fun thing. This is, this is a, categorized under attractions but i think it's i mean it's a thing i mean everything's a thing to do if you think about it but as like a fun little stopping thing to do the redwood creek challenge trail is a lot of fun for young kids i remember doing it when i first went um i think it was maybe brother bear themed which is kind of fun (laughs) uh at the time but yeah it's this great little obstacle course with like rope swings and things to climb up and little caves to walk through and tree houses to go through it's really fun it's uh right in the area near um the grizzly river run and and uh, near soren and the grizzly peak area so that's a really fun thing to do if you have little ones um I know it may sound counterintuitive to let them get their energy out when they're in Disney walking all day, but this is a fun little place where you can just like let go of their hands, take them out of the stroller or wherever they are and just say like, go kill it, go have a good time, run around and uh, enjoy yourself for a little bit. And uh, it's, it's cute. It's a really fun area. And like I said, when I was younger, I, I ripped that place up. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, 
The only other thing that I'll mention about things to do in this area that I think are worth noting, um, connected directly to the Animation Academy, is a very, very cool shop called Off the Page. And this place is a little art gallery where you can buy a bunch of um, unique art and prints and just kind of various um, various pieces of merchandise that you wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. And one thing I really like about it is the way that the uh, the outside of the building looks. There's a big sign with a bunch of characters like literally jumping off a page, hence mm-hmm. the name. So that place is really cool. And then finally, if you are in a shopping mood or been hit by the shopping bug, I would recommend how cool uh, Buena Vista Street is. Uh, it, it's like a very small little version of main street Mm -hmm. and it's very similar if you're in hollywood studios to like walking through that main area where you have little kiosks and carts and things like that um that are that are just kind of like right in there but that's where you'd pretty much do all your shopping and there's a lot of like really fun things that are dca specific in there um and it's just a lot of fun yeah there's a lot of good shopping i would say in dca even in the specific areas like over in pixar pier there's a lot of cute little merch themed to inside out or um, some of those other Pixar movies. And then over by Soren in the Grizzly Peak area, there's that cute little hanger oh, um, yeah, shop yeah. right by yeah. the Soren um, area. So there's there's so much cute little themed shopping in DCA, which I've said before, I love shopping. I love shopping in Disney for souvenirs and stuff. So if you want to try to find some merch that's specific to DCA or specific to some of the attractions in DCA, you'll probably find it in this park. Yeah, one thing that this is ridiculous, but I'm going to mention it over in Grizzly Peak. You had mentioned that little hangar shop Um, right next to that is uh, the refreshment point. Um, It's pretty nice. There's some places to get, you know, sodas and things like that. But the nicest bathroom in all of Disneyland is right there. (laughs) So if you want a nice, clean space to to do your business, that's where you want to go. It's Thanks it's a that it's a great bathroom. That's really nice of you to offer yeah. that tip to folks. It's a good one. So, all <laughs> on right. That note. <laughs> Do you have anything else? Any final thoughts or closing ideas about about um, about this park? No, not really. We kind of covered most every land. Um, again, we don't have any thing to add in terms of Avengers Campus because we haven't been there yet. So we don't want to give you information that we ourselves haven't experienced. But we will look forward to seeing that one next time. Um, In terms of my ideal day, I'd probably spend a big chunk of my time hitting some of those bigger rides like Radiator Springs Racers, Incredicoaster, um, Soarin' Over California, Toy Story Midway Mania. And then I would definitely get my Jack Jack Cookie Num Num, um, grab a bread bowl maybe with some mac and cheese over in Pacific Wharf, and then spend some time shopping and heading back over to the Buena Vista Street and Hollywoodland area to do the Animation Academy. So those are some of my big highlights in DCA for me. Yeah, similarly, um, love Radiator Radiator Springs Racers. I want to go on it for sure. Um, Pixar Pal Around, I'll brave it and get on it. Um, You know, the Animation Academy, you're right. It's a fantastic place to be to just hang out. And then I'm going to definitely I'm going to want to end my day with World of Color. Absolutely. Uh, it's such a great thing to do. So yeah. while, while we were recording this, I, I had this this grandiose vision of how much DCA has changed in 20 years. Um, 
And I think that we are going to have to do an entire podcast about the changes that have happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even just the outside entrance right. has changed so much mm-hmm. since it since it first opened. And, and I the think different lands. And here's the thing: for the worst, in my opinion, in some oh, ways. No. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, hot take. we'll talk about that at some point because it's such a it's such an interesting park, and it, it really has gone through a very contested history of. Um, people thinking it was a failure and people who like liked it. And it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah. And, and of course we're going to have to talk at some point about Drew Carey's hand in DCA, which is like a fun, fun little story. Mm-hmm. So that is, that's pretty much going to wrap it up for us. I think on this one, um, I, I can't even tell you how excited I am to be in California right now. Um, mentally for these uh, for these parks. And uh, next week, we're going to do Disneyland. We're going to go back to the homeland where it all started. And uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about there because it's so fun. I'm going to try super hard not to just gush all over Galaxy's Edge the whole time because there's so much more to Disneyland than Batu. Um, but we're really looking, we're, we're really looking forward to that one. So, um, as always, you can find us on the parksacademypod.com. We have, um, weekly blogs going up that are talking about, uh, for, well, recaps of our shows. We're talking about news, um, and just kind of other fun tips and tricks for Disney parks. This week we are hopefully providing the mail system does what it's supposed to do. We're going to be setting up a giveaway on Instagram. So you can follow us on Instagram at the parks academy pod um and we're going to be doing um a pretty big giveaway for a really fun product that's from shop disney and i'm I'm really really excited to receive it so we can share it with you guys and get that thing moving um we also have a patreon page where we just started releasing some um bonus member only content uh last week we recorded an entire episode about disney springs in florida and that was so much fun we had a lot to, to discuss for that that was a really fun one because it was so different than talking about a park. But yeah. Disney Springs has so much to offer. So definitely check that one out if you're going to Disney World anytime soon. And if you're loving our podcast, um, definitely support us on Patreon and you'll get access to those bonus episodes. We would. Yeah, we'd appreciate that for sure. And then finally, if you like what we're doing... Um, any kind of like, you know, five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, whatever would be awesome. I do not like pandering and asking for things, but, you know, I think if you enjoy what we're doing, why not? Throw us a bone. It'll be fun. So that's going to wrap it up. Thank you again so much for listening to us. This has been our episode on the ideal day in Disney's California Adventure Park, and we will catch you next time. Next time.